We all be him now. Welcome to another episode of the Isa Podcast. I'm your co-host Chris, and today we have a special guest, Mr. Isa Mafi, who is a teacher at the. I am currently a teacher at CV Bethel Senior High School. Mm-hmm. I have been teaching for this is my sixth year now. Not six years at CV, but this six is year six of mm-hmm. teaching. Mm-hmm. All right, six years. So you did that like fresh out of college, or fresh out. Wow, fresh out. Interesting. Now, those of you who do not know the Isa podcast, Isa podcast dedicated to discussing human issues while also discussing solutions. So we ain't here just to bash and say, oh, this don't work, that don't work. We're trying to, you know, be in conversation that people can look at this or listen to this and say, you know what? It actually makes sense. And maybe someone might implement one of our crazy ideas on the show. So those are watching, what you wanted to say, episode is brought to you by Great Tech Bahamas. Great Tech Bahamas brings technology to your doorstep today. And you see next we have some goodies. Uh, we got a lot of different Apple chargers. We have Sony earphones, a solar power bank for y'all who are always victims of PPL. Get one of these, your phone always can be charged. It's actually charged with the sun. So you will need no type electrical outlet, nothing. Go outside and you got power your phone on. Bing. Yo. So we can get into our, our first topic for today. Um, you all would have had Teresa said that she's been a teacher for six years. How is that? Like, how is that? How has that journey been from year one to year six? Year one to year six, definitely a lot of changes. I started off in a primary school first. Okay. So I did two years at a primary school. I was at Sandlin's Primary. Right there. Okay. Spanish there. Mm-hmm. So. I actually studied to be in a high school. So they threw me into the primary school. I didn't, I'm not going to say I hated it. It was actually pretty okay, but I know that I wanted to be with all the students. I did my teaching practice at a senior high school. Mm. So I was already accustomed to... Where where was your practice? Hmm? Where was your practice? I did it at R&B. Oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It actually wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was a new experience. I did have students who were like two, three years younger than me in my grade 12 class. I did. Like, I didn't. Yeah, the oldest child would have been only three years younger than I was. So, they were close to my age for the most part, but it wasn't too bad. How was that dynamic, though? Um, my thing is with teaching is mm-hmm. get your students to like you. Some teachers go with this, we got to be fully strict thing. It don't usually work. Or either they go fear you and never talk to you, or just they go rebel. So what I, I try to have a friendly approach with my students mm-hmm. so that they can see me and talk to me. And yes, they will respect me, but they also realize that I could still talk to this teacher About like, like being in a class, yeah. right? And yeah. they would like your class and they would do your work. 
So that's what I realized. So they, don't, they get a little touch and they don't want to disappoint yeah. the small mm-hmm. feet. Yeah, like, so you know how it is. Yeah, one up to now, different. Mm-hmm. Sandlands Primary was my first school. Then I moved on to Seattle Walk. I was there for three years. Okay. So now I am at CV Bethel now, my first year there. So I'm still learning the culture there. But mm-hmm. it's been Is a it good first experience. Year at CV? Mm-hmm. Okay. First year. Okay. But yeah, it's a good experience so far, I would say. And what, 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 what? Like, when you were going to college, to high school, did you really know you wanted to be a teacher from then? Or what made you be like, I want to teach? Um, okay, so I initially wanted to be a dancer, like a professional dancer, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I've been dancing my whole life. But I got, as I was going through school, I was also very good at Spanish. So I was like, anyway, I get in this class. I also like helping people. I could teach. Mm-hmm. So I did Spanish education when I was at UB. So when I graduated, I did teaching practice. Well, before graduation, TP at RM, I was a Spanish teacher. Mm-hmm. Went to Sandlands Primary as a Spanish teacher for two years. So then I was asked by a former dance teacher if I would be interested in transferring over to do dance because there's only a few teachers there mm-hmm. to teach in dance, like under under seven teachers teaching dance at the and, time, and, and it's the, less now and the whole in the country. In the whole country, and like back in the day, there used to be plenty of dance teachers, mm. primary school and high school. And at this point, it was only dance teachers in junior high and senior high, and only a couple, and they were all a bit older. Wow. So she asked me if I'd be interested in transferring over to join, and obviously, so when all these people retire, the subject don't die out. Mm-hmm. So after my two years as manager at Sandlands Primary, I transferred and ended up going up to see our Walker where they had dance as a class. So that's why I started teaching dance in the government system because I would have done dance classes on the weekends and mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. with other people and mm-hmm. stuff. So changing from Spanish to dance was a big difference too. People may think that teaching dance is easier than teaching Spanish, but it was not. It really wasn't. You had to get people That's the big thing, too. Mm-hmm. And then they throw in students in from any old program. Who really and, want to be in dance, right, yeah. They're showing them in, because, oh, this is a class. This Take is easy this. class. Yeah. Let them go do this. <laughs> but the children realized that wasn't the case. Playing them didn't like the class. And I had my side who obviously loved the class, loved performing, so that was good. But I had a couple, you know, I had to push and make them realize, like, this is a real class. You could do something with this, even mm-hmm. if it ain't a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah, 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 something yeah. like that. But Spanish and then dance. So I ended up basically combining wanting to be a professional dancer with teaching it. So I found a sweet spot, I would say. So yeah, that's where I am. So you're teaching now. dance at CV right now as well. I'm teaching dance. Okay. At TV. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, how was your like? How, how would you say your adjustment from teaching? You say you teach at Seattle Girls. That's like. I would say between the ages of um, 6 and 11. Yeah, so at Sandlands Primary, oh, Sandlands Primary yeah, I would have taught grade 3 to grade 6. Okay, so you thought about grade 8, I mean age 8 to 11. Yeah. How was so, that um, adjusting to that? Primary school kids are a needy bunch, very touchy, and that ain't the kind of person I am. <laughs> I loved my students daily, but mm-hmm. it was just so much, and... Controlling younger kids is hard, especially when you don't want to talk too uh, hard. Yeah, I don't right. yeah, exactly. So trying to get them in order was a bit of a hassle for a while, especially during my first year. That was obviously the roughest year. Yeah, I guess for most teachers, yeah. that's their toughest year. Mm-hmm. But 
when I moved from Sandlands Primary to C.R. Walker, it was very easy because I always knew I wanted to teach older students anyway. Students, you know, bigger than me, who I could talk to as normal people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I got to talk to them hard, mm-hmm. I could do that without worrying about someone crying or getting upset. Call me, mommy. Call, I had a child in Sandlands Primary tell me he used to call his mommy for me and... That's Fox Hill Churn. I didn't need anybody moving come from no. here. No. <laughs> but it was, uh, the adjustment was fine for me at the time because I would have experienced it teaching practice for the older students. Mm-hmm. So leaving primary school, switching over to senior high school was actually not a big change, not a big, like it wasn't too strange for me. I got accustomed to it very quickly, I would say. Yeah. So... I heard you say that you wanted to be a professional dancer. Mm-hmm. That dream dead? Like, you want to do that moment? No, it ain't dead. Now, sometimes <laughs> I, well, it has been a while, but I can have some gigs and then mm-hmm. I have friends who actually dance all the time. Okay. But obviously, I work. Um, yeah, you work a nine to five. A nine to five, mm-hmm. essentially. So I can't do every single thing, but I've done dancing with some behemoth artists before dancing and videos, stuff like that, teaching other people, like teaching groups of people outside of my work. So mm-hmm. I still find a way to make them both work. But yeah. Okay. Okay. That's a good that's a good background to how you get into teaching and, mm-hmm. and like so um and this current and in your current um position, like do you do you see yourself wanting to continue being a dance teacher or would you go back to Spanish? Like are you how you see yourself like the career wise? Mm-hmm. Like where, where where do you where do you want to go? Well, I dance obviously is a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I will probably stay teaching dance. Now sometimes I do find myself missing teaching Spanish. Mm-hmm. I do. So uh, perfect. Are you, flu- are you fluent in Spanish? Um I used to be. <laughs> I have been rusty now since I haven't taught it in a few years. I haven't had to practice as much, but mm-hmm. It'll come back as soon as I'm immersed in the hey, language same. That's, that's something you could do on the side, too. A lot right. of people want to learn Spanish. Yeah, I yeah. Can maybe, like, tutor or mm-hmm. something. But, like, I would love if I'd be able to, like, teach Spanish and dance in one school. Like, that would be good. But Is that possible? It depends. On the school, I guess. It depends on the school mm-hmm. and how much periods I could have. Because you got to have a certain amount of periods to teach and stuff like that. Seriously? Mm-hmm. You so it's, like, it's, a, it's a minimum? Mm-hmm. A certain amount you have to teach. So if they can't find me a certain amount of periods, so yeah, but it depends on the school mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I actually am working on having my own studio. I can't say too much yet because everything ain't in motion yet, but we're working certain steps and yeah. Yeah, so everything start with I do. Yeah, so I am going to definitely continue teaching dance till I can't do it no more. <laughs> so that's definitely gonna happen. And if I could find a way to be tutoring Spanish stuff like that, I mm-hmm. definitely would do that too. All right, all right. Hey, y'all heard it there first. If y'all want to get a, Sp- a Spanish tutor, they coming. Dance studio coming. Stay tuned for the details. <laughs> Um, let's talk about like the importance of education. Um, I, I, I am one to think that, you know, I mean, here locally, I think we tell our kids, um, oh, I know I, I, I too far from being a kid. I know it. So I've been told, you know, go to school and you can do your best, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think education is important. I think here in the Bahamas, like we turn, I, I, I guess we kind of dumb it down, right? Mm-hmm. Like. We wanted kids to learn math, Spanish, 
Like, how you say you teach in dance? Like, an ordinary parent wouldn't come to school and be like, but why? Why are you in dance, bro? Like, why are you, why are you taking art for a class? Like, what's, what's going on? Like, you, you, you have a C in art. Like, I don't care about this A in dance. You know, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, how do we, how, how, how would you say, like, education is fueled here? Like, do you think parents and students both see it as, hey, there's something that can help me get better in life? Or are they just looking at it like, yeah. Because, you know, like, as a country, are you for our most important assets? Like, mm-hmm. things that we can see, things that we can develop right now. Like, these these kids who five and four and then six, 11, 12, 15, eventually they can be the ones coming up and be like, oh, y'all didn't figure it out, but we got the answer. This is it. How do we, one, keep education important? Two, how do we show them, like, hey, there's more than one way to be quote unquote educated? Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to just be the, the guy. Like, like, all I see ain't gonna be good at math, right? So, how do we show parents and students and society at large that hey education is important but there's different forms of education there. there's conflict resolution there's there's um emotional intelligence that we have to learn like i don't think we learn that here at all it's just like yeah. stop crying get over it mm-hmm. you know so how do we how do we one show that like like i say show them how important this and two how do we grow it so they can understand like this different ways to be quote-unquote educated mm-hmm. okay so we're showing how important it is i think especially for students mm-hmm. their parents have to instill the importance in them that can't really come from your teachers you spend yes you spend a lot of your day at school but at the end of the day you go home to your parents you wake up in your parents home and you go back to home to your parents and your parents have to instill in you why education is so important. And that's part of the issue that I see as a teacher now. Mm-hmm. A lot of parents don't care. Um, in my years of teaching, report card, they would come around. Some parents don't come up to pick up their child's report card. And the report card can, the child can't carry it on. No, child can't carry it. So the report card sitting up in the school with a child all their years in school. Like y'all, y'all have seen that? Like yes, you never ask come the child, you ask the child, oh, what your GPA was? I don't know, my mommy never pick it up. I said, you ain't asked her to come, though. She, she ain't won't come, or my daddy ain't won't come. So the parents need to... Wow. The parents have to see how important it is. So the child don't even know, like, where they measure Right, they have no idea wow. where they are, especially now with this nationalized school diploma. So mm. children don't know what their GPA is, and that's so important. So the parents have to push a little more. Like my mother was always sleep, was a teacher also. Okay, yeah. So obviously she <laughs> had me. Yeah. Me and my sister sitting on to one homework, even if it was a subject she didn't know, but she would make sure that we were there, we were working. Mm-hmm. Children, you ask somebody to when they gone home, or I was just watching TV. I was on Facebook. I walk around to my friend's house, where your parents went, but me to work, da da da, then check in. So there is that. I would say, I will always say parents are the most important part of education. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I I'm going to stick with that. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and in terms of diff- learning in different ways, I think the best, what I want to say, people need to be a bit more rounded. We can't just be strictly academic math English science you just have to anyone can be a scientist right we have to get a bit creative that's why I think classes like art and dance and other like hands-on subjects are important and obviously everybody won't succeed in those subjects either exactly like and yes people think oh well I can't dance I can't do it but you could learn how to do it or I can't draw but the teacher there to teach you how to do that so 
It's certain skills you can pick up and you can use these other skills as side hustles and that important now. Mm-hmm. Many teachers have side hustles. I agree. All yeah. kind of different things. But people see the more um, practical courses as mm-hmm. courses for children who aren't as smart, but that's not even the case because these subjects mm-hmm. have theoretical aspects also. Exactly. You don't just come to class, like to my dance class and just say, you're flinging your body around and oh yeah, I can dance, I can get an eight. That's not how it goes. There are certain things you have to do to prepare. There's classical dance technique. You have to learn all of those things and it's not easy. You have to learn history of certain styles of dance Mm -hmm. and you learn theory in every single subject in school, Mm -hmm. not just your math, your English, your sciences. You have to learn all of these things. So people also have to push their children to be a bit more well-rounded. And people have to see the importance of arts and other hands-on subjects like that. And that is lacking here. Do you think schools see the importance too? I would say some do. Yeah, I think, I think it's some. <laughs> some schools, not all. Like even going to, between the two high schools that I would have taught at, mm-hmm. CR and now CV, the way performing arts in general is viewed at both schools is completely different. One of the schools, they would throw any child in there because mm-hmm. they would let all the other um, areas say, oh, are we full? So once they say they're full with a couple of students, that would dance. everybody that's coming to performing arts, they throw them in music class, dance class, whatever. Mm-hmm. At the other school, mm-hmm. it's actually seen as an important subject and a lot of the top performing students are in performing arts. Mm-hmm. So just it depends on the school and the culture of the school and how administration and other teachers view it. And then that trickles down to the students and obviously it goes down to their parents. That's right. I know for 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 my situation, I mean not my situation, but when I was in um when I was in school, as I you said something about if you can't draw, you can't dance, you come in this class and learn. Like mm-hmm. that 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 reminds me of my own situation. Like I would have loved to be in a class like that where I can't do something and the teacher won't teach me. I know for I've been in one of the quote unquote top schools in the Bahamas, mm-hmm. quote unquote, right? But I feel as though like even from grade seven, like when I went to school, I went to music class, art class, stuff like that. It was expected that I already know how to do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I was judged on the ability of what I know to do now. And if you didn't know how to do certain things, then it's like, oh, you, mm-hmm. you, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't bright, or you ain't, you, you ain't gonna ever get this. So mm-hmm. I know, like, from I was reading this book recently, and it's talking about fixed mindset and the growth mindset. And the fixed mindset is basically telling someone like, hey, you ain't, you ain't got it. Just stop. Mm-hmm. You ain't gonna ever, you ain't gonna ever get it. And I felt as though like, I know like for me when I was like in grade seven, you like 11, 12, that was discouraging. Like you come into school, you trying to like, you want to learn music, but it's not being taught to you. Like, right. like it's even, it's even time when the teacher would you to only call the people who already knew music. Like you, like you already, you, you separating us. Like right. you already showing us. Like, yeah. children behind. Yeah. Like you ain't care. Also teach music. You got to art. If you couldn't draw, it's like, <laughs> like, you know, so I feel as though, and like I say, it's one, it's one of the top schools mm-hmm. around us. So, I, like, to me, that showed me from then, like, bro, these people really only care about math, language, mm-hmm. science. They'll push those. Yeah, so, like, when you, when you, when you, when you encounter a school who really don't care, how do you as a teacher find that balance and act that you still got to push? No one, like, faculty or administration ain't really behind me, but I still want these kids to learn. Like, how do you balance that? As the teacher in your classroom, and it all depends on each individual teacher, you just have to 
say, I am going to do this and I'm going to accomplish this, whether I am backed by administration or my supervisor or whoever, mm. if you really like your job, you're going to do that little push. And it ain't nothing to say, let me get this child up to speed. And what I find works a lot is let another student have that child behind. Sometimes I learn better like that. I've seen that multiple times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even when I was teaching Spanish and in dance, I would see that if maybe something I was saying wasn't getting across to someone else, I pull a student who's doing it well. Mm -hmm. And I say, well, go take this child to the side. You go help them with it. See how it works. And sure enough, Mm -hmm. that child's going to get better at it. So how did you like develop that method or how, you, how, do, how did you how did you come across saying let me try this like it was just it was just you going out your way saying you know what I don't want this person to you know feel like they ain't they ain't good or they ain't they can't learn it so mm-hmm. let me find a different way that you did. was that was that something you thought of your own or well, in being a teacher and sitting down in my class I would see okay let's say you get them an assignment mm-hmm. you sitting down at your desk you just waiting for them to do the assignment you teach them and saying oh well how do I do this to the child next to them how I told students, blah, blah, blah. So you walk around and you end up hearing the child explaining it to them and watch that other child actually get it. Mm. So I just watched that over time. You'd see it in any classroom. And over school for me, that mm-hmm. was like discouraged. Like yeah. we in class and, and you, you want to understand something, but what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. no, get out of the class. You're talking see, distracting. Yeah, see, I don't see, I don't want <laughs> stuff like that. So even if I see something like that, maybe mm. I'll say, well, maybe you could ask me first. That's what maybe I would do. Mm. But even if, if I see that my help still ain't really getting through, go to the child who know it. I ain't considering that cheating. It's just assistance, obviously, yeah. especially if it ain't a test. Yeah, yeah, of course. Everybody's trying to learn. Right. So take the child to the side, go help. I find that that works most of the time. That's pretty interesting, you know, because like I, like I say, like being in school, I guess team learning was sort of discouraged. Like everyone, they want, they want, they want you to do it yourself so they can say, oh, this one better, that yeah, one better. Almost like creating competition. Yeah, like it is, it's, it's that, it's that, it's that school's, I guess, MO, like it's that mm-hmm. their, pur- not their purpose, but it's that what they're trying to do. Like it's, it's that they're, because I, I, I know in my adult phase now, I, I see learning as more something fun. Like when I was in school, I didn't think it was fun based mm-hmm. on like the environment we was in. Like it was a competition type of environment. You had to get you had to get A's or B's or as far as you're concerned, you don't make no sense. Mm-hmm. So is that something schools push? Like yeah, you need y'all to compete. Like you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta outdo this one, outdo that one, like Nah, I don't know, because like maybe, maybe certain mm. schools may do it. But I see it as a bad idea because why are you making students compete? Students in one school compete with each other. Like, yes, every child wants to push to the top, mm-hmm. but you don't need to blatantly say you need to do better than this child. That, yeah. that is going to impact somebody negatively. It's not going to work for every child. Now, obviously, competitions between schools, I find that work. That is healthy. Yeah, I mean, you push, I mean, I mean, like, yeah, mm-hmm. let's get better results than this other mm-hmm. school. But to say you have children in the same school, in the same class, actively competing, that. It ain't good. I think it's a lot of pressure. Children start resenting each other, or just mm. saying, "Well, I can't be their friend because they beat me at this." And then stuff <laughs> like that. And you would see it. You would see yeah. it. Especially at a young age, but that's a lot to process and be like, "Hey, I still can cheer for my friend. and may do better than me, mm-hmm. but you may be in my like, how dare you do better than me?'" Right. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, I heard you said, like, you have to sort of cater some things to a certain child. Um, do you think classroom size like affects their ability to do that? Definitely, mm. especially depending on the subject too. Mm. Um, 
if the class too big, the teacher can't get to everybody in the same way. And some people want to believe they can, but you can. You got 30 children in a room. You only got, what, between 40 or 55 minutes, depending on what school you at, to teach the children. You can't see everybody for the same amount of time. Right, yeah. Now, classrooms, especially in government schools, our classrooms are big. We have a lot of kids. How, how, how much you think, like, is the least you've seen in the class? See, not a pandemic, kind of. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. So it's changed up, but we, like... We can talk about that, too. Yeah, so... Yeah. But so now, even now, let's say where I am, they are now pushing to put 27 kids in a homeroom. Mm. And that's downsizing a homeroom. I mean, I went, like I say, I could say it again, I went to one of the quote-unquote top schools, <laughs> and I probably had, like, 35 to watch mm-hmm. my homeroom. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, for real. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's government school, like at 27. I mean, yeah. geez. <laughs> so, and that's this pandemic time now, but obviously beforehand, some teachers would have had like, I had teachers having like 40 children in the class. And that's ridiculous. Because I'm, I'm, what I'm, how many students that? you think getting, <laughs> like how many students you think are actually sitting there and be like, yeah, I grasp what you're saying right, right now. And then all children already don't learn the same. Exactly. So you go up there and you teach, you might only reach 10 out of 40 of them children. Then what? So, yeah, I think smaller classroom sizes are ideal. Mm-hmm. Now, it is harder for government schools because, obviously, mm-hmm. a lot more children attend government schools. Mm-hmm. So, it's hard, but we got to find a way to reach don't we have, don't, don't, how, how many government schools do we have like now, like senior high schools? I don't even know. Like, I always wonder, like, one, I always wonder why, like, we don't just, like, especially when we do these things with hotels, like, why is it a requirement that, hey, you build a school? Like, Straight off the bat, like even if you're not being Nassau, like you have, you have, mm-hmm. you have these islands, whatever these all age school, like you've been to one school your whole life. Like, yeah, I've been to one school my whole life. I know how that play in my mind. Like, mm-hmm. you want a different environment, you get tired, you don't get they like, sometimes you don't outstay welcome, like you don't walk, like teachers tired, you tired of them, so yeah, so you need, <laughs> you need somewhere else to go where you could you know grow your wings. And again, I'm all these. All these children on the family atmosphere, like I go into the same place for my a little boy, mm-hmm. I Somewhere, eighteen years old. You no choice, cause only one school on the island. I, exactly. So I always wonder why, like, our government don't be like, hey, y'all hotels, we giving y'all these tax breaks, we giving y'all these lucrative offers, y'all getting this free land. Why isn't there a process where a school, a sporting complex, something is built to where our students can benefit from it? Like, why isn't that Education something they do? You see, budgets, why isn't <laughs> education budgets be getting cut? I saw, I saw that recently too. Yeah, we also have a problem where a lot of schools don't even have enough teachers. And so I don't think you have teachers teaching more than one subject. Teachers teaching more than one subject, or like where there are areas where the department is small, so they have to pull other teachers to substitute their periods. Mm-hmm. So you would have to like have somebody else content work in front of you. I don't know how to teach no family life. Well, all of a sudden, I have to sub a family life class, and we have issues like that. So, I think there aren't enough incentives to get more teachers. So, before we even could say we build in more schools and all, we need to get more people interested in teaching. And I think a part of it, people don't come in because we don't get paid. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the number one reason. And people want to tell you, oh, you come in education, you know, the money wasn't blah blah blah. But like, everybody got to go through a teacher. So why are getting paid scraps? Everybody and, and just because you're a teacher don't mean you shouldn't have a livable bitch. Exactly. Like you still got a life. <laughs> you got your own kids, you mm-hmm. one family one day, so why is that you should just take garbage? <laughs>